0: spot? My good Do I good? Do I need to move? Good? Okay. Praise the Lord. All right, everybody, hold on to your note sheet. This is the written word of God that uh, he uses to uh, train us and to equip us and um, keep us walking in his ways is through his word. Amen gets our lives on a foundation with Him that will say. Kevin, would you mind turning me down just a tiny bit so I don't feel like I'm... I feel like I have to whisper because it's so loud. Okay, is that better, y'all? Yeah? No? Didn't bother you? Okay, well, it was just bothering me. Okay, well, praise the Lord. Hold up your note sheet, and let's make this faith declaration. Say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to hear and apply His Word. I'm about to know better. So that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap the person high five next to you and say, You gotta manifest His glory. Amen. All right, well, open it up. Let me just make this one announcement. Um, You know that we have a food pantry here. It's not huge, but it is a tremendous blessing when um, someone has an unexpected, you know, um, decrease in their finances and, you know, their check is not coming until next week or something like that. We can hook you up with a few meals and that type of thing. And that's something that we do as a church when you're out shopping for yourself. Pick up some non-perishable food items and bring them in and drop them off here at the church on Sunday when you come to church, or you can do it during the week if you'd like to, but um, it's good to always have, you know, several shelves of groceries here so that if someone has an unexpected problem, we're able to help them. I'll tell you, it's just such a good feeling. We were able to help someone, um, I think, two weeks ago, and it was just such a wonderful feeling to be able to know that we have something here and that we did that, amen. Acceleration Church, we did that. We were able to be the difference in someone's life. And so I encourage you to let's restock it. Let's fill it up. Let's purpose in our hearts over the next several weeks to bring in some stuff. Amen. And uh, let's fill that up. All right. Well, we've been focused on the manifested glory of God all year, and we've been kind of in this little series throughout the summer about crisis and about being covered in the crisis, making it through the crisis, crisis being an overcomer in crisis. How to, um, today, I wanted to talk about serving God through the crisis, because sometimes we feel like we get into a crisis, and then we're all of a sudden exempt from serving. And, and listen... Part of our blessing comes from serving. And so this whole thing that's got us disjointed and separated and staying home and afraid and all of that has got us in a place where it could potentially cut off some of our blessing. Amen. So we want to continue to serve in whatever way that we can. Whatever, um, you know, I know that we're not all the way back up, but um, as we are planning and working on coming back together. You know, we need to, you know, remember that as we serve, that a lot of our blessing comes from serving. Amen. So, you know, we're not saved uh, by serving, but we are, um, yeah, we're not saved by serving, but we are saved to serve. Amen. So let's look. Serving God, number one. Number one, we're all called to glorify God with our surrendered lives. And that's that's a servant That's a serving unto God right there is that my life is not my own anymore. Amen. That I've been bought with a price. He has the right to tell me what to do because he always has my best interest at heart as he's telling me what to do. It's not so that he can say, I don't want you doing this because I don't want you to have any fun. God wants you to have fun and you can have fun in serving. It's It's something that we do because our lives belong to him. He bought us. Did he buy us? Yeah, He bought us. And because He bought us, we belong to Him and He has the right to tell us what to do. Hallelujah. And so we, you know, part of being saved is being sanctified. Part of being saved is being consecrated. That's Those are two big words, sanctified and consecrated. It just means that you're set apart. You were part of the world, but you... You heard about Jesus. You believed the gospel. You received him in your heart. Now you have to come out from among the world and be separate. Amen. I no longer live like I used to live. Why? Because that person doesn't even exist anymore. I'm, I'm a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. And God has put things inside me. Put things inside you. Some things I would declare to you today you don't even know are there. There's some gifts and some talents and some some things that God has put in there for you to serve him with that you may not have even discovered yet. But you come out from among them and you begin to walk with God and then you begin to look for ways or have God walk you into ways that you can serve in the kingdom of God. Amen. It's a tremendous, tremendous blessing. It's, it's so uh, rewarding and so fulfilling. Um, my life is so much better since I came out of the world and was consecrated unto God, set apart for him, for his use. My life has meaning. I'm fulfilled. I couldn't imagine living without God in my life anymore, without being separate from that old life and from doing things. Before we give ourselves to God, but we did what we wanted to do, when we wanted to do it, how we wanted to do it. But now we got to check with God on that thing. I got to I see what God has said. I don't just do it and then say, God, I want you to bless this. <laughs> you know, you say, God, what would you have me do? That's the first thing Saul said. When when Saul was a, a Christian killer, he was a terrorist, if you will. And God put him on the ground on the road to Damascus. And the, and he was blinded. And he saw the Lord. And the Lord began to tell him. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He was persecuting the church. See how God calls us one with him? He said, why are you persecuting me? We... He was talking about the church, but we are one with him, right? So he said, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. He said, the very next question was, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And that's a question that once we receive Christ, that we say, Lord, what do you want me to do? We ask Him that question, and then we let Him show us. And then if He hadn't shown you anything yet, find something to do until He shows you. Find something to do, and then do whatever you find to do. Don't do it halfway. Do it with all your might. You're serving God. He sees everything, what heart we serve with. If I'm doing it with a bad attitude, if I'm doing it with a good attitude, He sees it all do it as unto the Lord, as if Jesus was standing right here, and I'm doing it for Him. him. Amen. So, praise God. So, we're all called to glorify God with our surrendered lives. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For you were bought at a price, therefore do what? what? Glorify God. If God's going to manifest glory in my life, it's because I surrender to Him. You were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Amen. So serving God is is this surrenderedness that seeks to obey him and seeks to do his will. When I'm in Christ, I'm no longer my own. So i am surrendered to him and I'm surrendered to his will for my life. Amen. Amen. So it's, you know, knowing that you're right with God, doesn't it really help you sleep good? I mean, don't you just sleep well knowing that you're right with God? That, you know, if you were to step out of this life today, that you would step into the presence of God? Isn't that wonderful? That's so much peace. But we can't just stop at knowing that we're saved. If, if Paul would have stopped right there, we wouldn't have two-thirds of our Bible, of our, of our New Testament. God had stuff for him to do. So he couldn't just say, okay, well, I'm saved. Lord, what do you want me to do? And he got up and he began to follow God and, and do what God wanted him to do from that moment on. And, you know, we all have to do that. Look what, look what Paul said. He said, I, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Hold of me. And isn't that what we're all doing? we got to press to lay hold of whatever it is that he's laid hold. He laid hold of us for a reason. We have a part to play in the kingdom of God. We're like this special puzzle piece with a spot that only you can fit in. With the gifts and the talents and the things that He's put on the inside of you. So we got to press. You see that Paul said, I have to press? I press to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Alright? So God has laid hold on you for a reason outside of yourself. Number two, we're not saved by our works, but for good works. So we're not saved, you know... Serving God doesn't get me to heaven. The only thing that gets me to heaven is that Jesus died for my sins. I accepted that. I believed it. I received it. I received him as Lord. My sins were wiped out. And, 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 and now I'm in right relationship with God. I'm a child of God. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's a mansion waiting for me when I get there. Amen. So I'm not saved by my works, but I am saved to work. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. You can't even brag about the gift because he gave each one the measure of faith. He gave you the faith to get saved on. So it's not of works, not of works. Can you underline that verse 9 right there? Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Just like I just um, um, talked about over Olivia in the baby dedication, is that God has a plan for her life. She is no surprise. God knew her before the foundations of the earth. He just sewed her into the fabric of time. Amen. So it's the same thing for all of us, that there's good works that he has planned for us to do beforehand. He prepared them beforehand, and he put us here so that we would... Come in contact with it. Amen. Right place, right time. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited this morning. Number three, God is glorified when we give our lives back to Him in service. He's glorified when we do it, when we give Him our lives. In service, he's glorified. First Peter four seven through eleven message Bible says, "Stay wide awake in prayer." And that's another way we serve him is with our prayers and with our agreement. You know, even when y'all call in on the prayer line, and I know I do the praying, but y'all are doing the agreement, the the agreeing. That's so much power in just you lending your service of your agreement. One puts a 1,000 to flight, two puts 10,000 to flight. So the more of us are on there agreeing, hallelujah, the more battle we're doing in the spirit realm. So stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as if your life depended on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, serve, amen, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Verse 10, be generous with the different things God gave you passing them around so all get in on it. Whatever it is that you do, whatever it is your talents, we're all different. You got stuff I don't have and I have stuff you don't have. That's why we all need each other. It's kind of like the foot can't say to the eye, I don't need you. The foot needs the eye and the eye needs the foot. And You can't walk with your eye or see with your foot. Amen. So we all need what each other has. And, and you know, how dare we hold it back? How dare we hold it back? Because we want to partake from everybody else, amen? So we gotta, we got to give. we got to give what God has put in. Uh, pass them around so we'll all get in on it. Verse 11, if words, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in everything through Jesus. And he'll get all the credit. As the one mighty in everything, encores to the end of time. Oh, yes. I love the Message Bible. Okay, let's look at motivations for serving God. Because as people, we are always designed by God to find a benefit in it. In whatever we do, there has to be a benefit. We, we look for a benefit in it because we're made in the image and the likeness of God. So these are my motivations for serving God. Number one. Number one is that I want to please God with my life. That has to be our heartbeat that, you know, my life is not my own. I want to serve him, but the main thing is that I want to please him. I want him to be pleased. I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. I want to hear him say that he's pleased with what I did. You know, I, I, I know that I probably fail him, you know, on some things. And, you know, sometimes we're our own worst critic, but... You know, when I get there, I'm going to say, you know, I think it was Catherine Coleman who said, you know, it was under the power of the anointing, the Holy Spirit. She said, Lord, when we get there and we see you face to face, we'll smile and we'll look at you with such love and we'll say, Lord, we tried. We really tried. And, you know, that's what it's all about. I want to please God. And are we going to always get it right? No. Do, are we disqualified if we mess up? No. We get up, dust off, and keep going again. We just don't quit. Amen. We just keep going. So, hallelujah. So, I want to please God with my life. That's the main thing. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation. Ooh, I love that. Are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God. For they shall be completely satisfied. Ooh, I want to please God. I love Him. I'm hungry and thirsty for more of Him, for more of His will to come to pass in my life. If, God, you can get more glory from me, squeeze it out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 100 and verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. So we should be serving him with gladness, with joy. Ephesians 2, not with begrudgingly or not, oh, here I am again. Or just going through the motions. I think we miss the supernatural when we just go through the motions. How can we get up in the morning and worship and stir ourselves up and say, God, I don't got to, to, but I get to. Hallelujah. Serve him with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. I think too many times we get here and we wait for the praise team to praise us up. You ought to come in already praised up. I got up praising. Murray said, I praise God in my sleep. Yeah, you could tell a story. <laughs> come on, my honey. So I, I wake up like two or three times a night. I did. Thank you, babe. Thanks, babe, for the demonstration. That was excellent. Thank you. Very good job. <laughs> I'm like, are you serious? He said. I swear to God. <laughs> he said, and he said, I looked over again, and you did it again. Just straight up in the air. Praise, yeah. praise God. So you know, we ought to be always worshiping, always praising. But you get up in the morning while you're getting ready. We have no excuse in the year 2020. We have no excuse. I can just say to Alexa, "Alexa, play Waymaker for me." Playing Waymaker, and she'll play Waymaker for whatever I ask her to play. She'll play. All I gotta do is—I don't even have to stop and pick up something and look for it. You can tell, "Hey Siri, play this," and Siri will play it. We have no excuse. To not be filled up with worship in the day that we live. So we got to come in all re- I'm ready to serve the Lord with gladness because I've been connecting with Him all day, all night. I've been connecting and worshiping Him and I'm full. My bucket is full. I'm not coming in and serving dry or with an empty bucket. I'm coming in with my spirit stirred up yeah. unto God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified says, For we are God's own handiwork, His workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned before Him for us, taking paths which He prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which He prearranged and made ready for us to live. So, you know, coming to this church was no accident, Twyla. No accident, act. No, it was no accident that you came here. God sent you here. This is a divine connection. This is a spiritual family and a spiritual bloodline and a spiritual DNA. You're going to be a bad somebody because God put you in this church. He could have put you in a kindergarten church down the road where you feel good when you leave. But when you leave here, you're going to be lifted up and you're going to be challenged to go home and be different. Hallelujah. So, God, you didn't just stumble in and it was a coincidence. God put you here. Just like he put me under my pastor because he wanted me to learn faith. Amen. God has put you here so that you will be a bad somebody when you leave. God's got a call on your life, both of you girls. God's got something special and amazing for you to do stand strong you got some warriors that stand here you know if you can see us in the spirit we got scars and black eyes and i mean we 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 will get behind you and whoop up on the devil amen you got some spiritual warriors up, up in here amen and that's that's kind of how we are up in here hallelujah so it's no accident it's no coincidence god picked this place for you amen message bible says Uh, We neither make or save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. The good work he's gotten ready for us to do. Work we had better be doing. You know, some of the work that we do is evangelize. Just as a believer is that we ought to be bringing people with us to church. You know, we've gotten more acquainted with our neighbors, maybe closer with our coworkers. This COVID has kind of brought us closer with people. So, you know, we ought to be inviting people to join, inviting them to come with us, doing what we can to evangelize and to reach out. That's one of the reasons that we're here. Amen. Romans twelve eleven says, "Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord." You have a ministry to fulfill. That's why He gave you a pastor. It's not so I can do the work of the ministry and you can come watch me. God did not give you apostles, pastors, evangelists, teachers, and prophets so that you could just come watch us do what we do or watch us minister. God says in Ephesians 4.11, And He Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Like we have a baptism coming up next Sunday, I believe. I believe it's next Sunday we have a baptism. And so Joshua is going to do that baptism. We just ordained him an evangelist last week. He's going to do that baptism. I'm just now, in, I'm, I'm tolling you. <laughs> Amen. He's going to do that baptism. So let... Um, Pastor Robert, we need to get you the words so that you can have those memorized by next week. Amen? So that, Because that's what we do. I'm not supposed to be the only one who ministers. I'm supposed to be raising up an army of ministers. So y'all go out and get people saved. Y'all get somebody filled with the Holy Spirit. You can baptize somebody in the swimming pool. Amen? We ought to all be bearing fruit and our fruit ought to remain. We don't wonder why we go to the gas station. Why do we go to the gas station? For what? Fill up so you can do what? So you can go. You get filled up so you can go. See, y'all come in here, you get filled up so you can go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Amen. It's not just so that you can get your life right, which you will get your life right if you stay under the word, but it's so that you can go out and make a difference in other people's life. people who need to know about Christ. Amen. All right, number two. Another motivation for serving God is, two, a profound appreciation for what He's done for me. How could we hold it back after what He's done for us? Go back and watch The Passion of the Christ and see what He did for you. The a, a whole movie is, is Jesus suffering for us suffering so that we could have the life He wants us to have. I don't know about you, but I'm profoundly grateful that God came and got me out of my mess and gave me a chance to have a life that would be worth something, a life that would mean something. I'm gone profoundly grateful. First Samuel 12, 24 says, Be sure to fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things He's done for you. I owe Him my life. I should have been nothing. Girls like me don't turn into anything. Girls who came from where I came from, they don't turn into somebody who's preaching the gospel and travels all over the nation. I've traveled all over this nation to preach the gospel. Girls like me don't end up like that. But God. Had his hand on my life and pulled me out. And you ought to be grateful for him pulling you out. Amen. Hallelujah. How could I not give him back everything? How could I hold something back? I got to give it I gotta give it all. Psalm 92, 4 through 5 says, you thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. Let me say that again. You thrill me, Lord. If you're not thrilled, you need to get before God on your face until you're thrilled again. Think back to that. that the Bible says, remember the pit from. you're not thrilled. Get on your face till you get happy. Amen. Till you get thrilled again. You thrill me, Lord, with all you've done for me. I sing for joy for what you have done. Oh, Lord, what great works you do. Amen. So, um, my motivation for serving was number one, what? Want to please God with my life. Number two, I have a profound appreciation for what he's done for me. Number three, the joy of being a blessing to others. I am motivated to serve because there is a joy that I get in giving and serving to others that I cannot get on getting my own stuff. See, I think too many times we're too focused on getting our own. Too focused on getting too focused on my own prayer requests. If you would just... Begin to pray for somebody else. Job got double back in his life when he did what? He prayed for his friends. His friends had talked about him. His friends had said, Job, search your heart. This has got to be your fault. They even said, you know, dumb things like that to him. He could have gotten offended and walked away. But he prayed for his friends. And the Bible says that the Lord restored double to his life what he had lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the joy of being a blessing to others, Genesis 12-2, when we look back at our father Abraham, God told him, I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. You are blessed right now already where you are. You are already blessed to some kind of a degree. And so you're blessed in order to be a blessing. And there's a joy you get in serving other people you cannot get anywhere else. There's a fulfillment and a satisfaction when you click into purpose and begin to give out. You know, you were not meant to be a reservoir. To just stir it up. I mean to just receive it. Just receive it. That's why the Dead Sea is called the Dead Sea and nothing can live in it because it only receives and it doesn't give out. So you you are created to be a conduit that can do it. God pours it in so that you can pour it out. Amen. With your own special flavor. Hallelujah. God He went to a lot of trouble to make your personality like it is. He wants your accent. You know I got the most messed up accent. People look at me and go, where are you from? A little bit of Texas, a little bit of Louisiana, a little bit of North Carolina sprinkled in. So, you know, but God picked my accent. He set me where he wanted me to be for certain seasons of my life. Seems like 10 years, 10 years. For every 10 years, he would move me around to somewhere else just so that maybe my, my accent would be what it is. So I would run into the people. he. He programmed this whole, this whole thing, Amen. So that I would be a blessing to others. So God wants you to be a blessing, just like you are. You 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 receive the Word of God, then you give it out with your own flair, your own DNA, your own personality, your own accent, people that you're connected with. You you just be faithful to give it out, Amen. There's a joy that you get in blessing others. Matthew six one through four it says, "Be careful." This is how we should be a blessing to others. He tells us how. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, that's all you're going to get. You have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. To be honored by them, I tell you the truth, they have received the reward in full. Verse 3. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Amen. So we don't need to tell everybody, you gave this to that person, you did this for that this person. You know, you don't sound a trumpet and tell everybody, look what I did, because that's the only reward that you'll get. I'm I'm focused on a reward that's way after this life is over. (laughs) Amen. There's some stuff I'm focused on that I'm working on it right now. That's going to carry over into eternity. Matthew 25, 34 through 36 says, Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. You know, God wants us to reach out to other people and help people. I'm astounded at how Murray is a giver. He is always thinking about you guys from the church. He'll say... You know, I think I'm going to do this for that person. Or sometimes he don't even tell me; he just he just does it. it. I'll hear him on the phone, or I'll see him ordering something for somebody, or or doing you know, um, saying I'm going to do this for this person. He's you know, it it, just it just blows me away how he's always looking for a way to be a blessing to somebody. You know, he don't have to be worried with any of us. He is blessed, but he's always looking for a way to be a blessing to somebody. You know, buying somebody some shoes, um, paying for a, a service for somebody to do something for somebody that they couldn't do for their mom, getting resumes done for people so that they can, you know, that'll be long term to have a, a better life. I mean, he's always thinking of a way to be a blessing. And he's not, and he al- I always hear him saying this, I don't tell anybody I did this for you because I'm doing this out of my pocket for my, from myself. He always says, don't tell. You know what people do when you tell them don't tell. <laughs> Amen. So number one, motivation. Please God with my life. Number two. Number three. The joy of being a blessing to others. Number four is serving makes me the greatest in the kingdom of God. See, kingdom order is not worldly order. Kingdom order is different. See, we came out of worldly order. And we're aligning ourselves with kingdom order. See, worldly order is, you know, I look like I'm somebody and people are serving me. People are waiting on me, waiting on me. But see, in the kingdom of God, God says the greatest among you will be a servant. He said, who, who's the most blessed, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves the table? They're like, well, you'd say the one who sits at the table. He's great because someone is serving him. He says, not so in the kingdom of God, but the one who serves. And so that gives a whole new meaning to waiting on the Lord. Whoo, shundai! That they that wait upon the Lord. What? See, wait, we think it means wait, hang on to, and it does mean that. But it also means to serve, I, to wait. If I wait on you, I'm what? I'm serving you. So the greatest, and the can, so whenever we wait on the Lord, we renew our strength. Why? Because we need strength if we're serving. If I'm just waiting, I don't need no strength. If I'm just waiting on time, I don't need any strength. I just need, you know, to have patience. But if, I, if I'm if i going to, you know, walk without fainting and, and run without, you know, getting weary, then that means I'm, waiting because I'm serving God so hallelujah so the greatest in the kingdom of God is a servant mark 10 43 through 45 whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant and whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all 45 says for even the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many Hallelujah! Jesus, Jesus just blows my mind while the while the disciples are arguing about which one of them is the greatest, right in front of Jesus. Which one of them is the? Oh, I'm the greatest because of this. Well, no, I think I'm the great. Hello, come on. Well, I'm John. I'm the one that he loves. And don't forget, you know, my brother James, together we're the sons of thunder. I think that we'll probably be the greatest, consider the greatest. And Jesus just shows them. He just sh- he shows them. He just slips off from the table without saying a word. Takes off his fancy garment and puts a towel around his waist. And the king of glory, the king of the angel armies, who could call down 10,000 angels if he needed to, bent down and washed grimy feet. Now, you've got to think about feet in those days. They wore sandals. They did not have paved roads. (laughs) Help me, son. Help me, son. He said, for those of you watching, he said they had bunions and (laughs) corns, blisters, jungle rod athlete's feet crusty old dried. Yeah. <laughs> Hammer toes. The, yeah, and it wasn't just dirt. Because they, they, they rode animals or walked behind the animals in the road, so everything that looked like mud wasn't. But Jesus bent down with the water basin and washed them and showed them who the greatest was. He showed them. He didn't even tell he showed them who the greatest was. So if you want to go high, go low. If you exalt yourself, you'll be humble. But if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. Test him. Try him. Try him. Humble yourself in a situation where you could lift yourself up. All right. What are the motivations? Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four makes me the greatest in the kingdom of God. And number five reason, motivation is that God is glorified. God is glorified when I serve. Amen. And it's a fine line because of what we just said, you know, uh, where Jesus said, you know, don't sound a trumpet when you're serving and when you're giving to the poor, don't, don't sound a trumpet. But look, look at what Matthew five sixteen says, it says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. So I gotta let my light so shine that men see my good works, that men, that men, that men, that men and women, that people see my good works, and they glorify my Father in heaven. A God glorifying life is that we seek to glorify him. Joshua twenty four fifteen, it's a decision. It's a decision that we make every single day to glorify God or not. Joshua 24, 15, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. All right. Number one reason and motivation is number two, number three, come on, preach. Number four, number five, and number six, the promise that God rewards my service to him. That's a motivation. God promised to reward me when I serve Him. Psalm fifty-eight, eleven. there truly is a reward for those who live for God. Surely there is a God who judges justly here on earth. John 12, 26, if any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then follow me. Your church ought not to be out hunting you down trying to find you. That is out of order. You're like, well, Jesus left the 99 and went after the 1. How much will we get done if we're chasing you? You are supposed to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody had to tell me to come to church when I got saved. My little self was in the door anytime it was open. I was knocking on the door if they weren't there yet. Where y'all at? Yeah. Where y'all at? <laughs> Amen. I, I came to, to serve. I, I love God so much. so much. You know, nobody had to look for me. If they said, be there at 5.30 with a chocolate cake, I was not there at 5.45 with strawberry. strawberry. Amen. Amen. So the church ought not have to look for you. You ought to be showing up so much and saying, what can I do? What can I do? Amen. So I said, if anyone wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honor and reward anyone who serves me. Woo, come on, that's good. That's good. 1 Corinthians three eight it says, Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own what? Reward according to his own labor. Amen. So there's a reward according to the labor. There's a reward in my life. According to the labor Jesus said, nobody's given up houses or wives or homes or, or whatever you've left behind because Peter said, wait Jesus we've left everything to follow you and He said, Peter stop tripping because anybody who's left anything will receive a hundredfold in this life and the next one to come He rewards God is not unrighteous to forget your serving and how you do serve He is not unrighteous to forget he will not forget that you that you serve him amen So He he rewards everyone according to His own labor. New Living Translation says, uh, The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose. And both will be what? Come on, what's the word? Rewarded for their own hard work. Job 36.11, very familiar passage of Scripture. If they obey... If they obey and serve him, what happens? They will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So, um, maybe what what God asks you to do doesn't get noticed or appreciated. We don't look for people to reward us. I'm not looking. I'm not looking at you to get my reward, because you might be unfaithful. My eyes are on God. I serve this way, but the reward comes this way. The reward is coming from God. So I'm not looking at you. If you don't say thank you, I don't care. Of course, you should say thank you. If you got any kind of home training and manners, you should say thank you. But if you don't, I'm not going to trip because I know... God is going to reward me for my labor. That For my labor, I'll spend my days in prosperity and my years in pleasure. Amen. So if somebody doesn't say thank you, somebody doesn't notice what you did or call your name out, see, that'll, that'll get you tripped up right there. The devil will use that to get you in a root of bitterness. You, some people have left the church because nobody called their name. And see, that's just being immature. And we have to pray people like that back. But we're not looking to people for our reward. We, God will make your name great and he'll keep it great. Amen. All right. So number 1. Come on y'all, preach fast. Number 2. Number 3. Number 4. Number 5. All right. Number 6. All right. Number 7. Serving him brings deliverance, protection, And promotion to my life. Serving Him brings deliverance. I know y'all got three blanks. I'm going to give y'all a second to to fill those out. Serving Him brings deliverance, protection, and promotion to my life. Psalm 91, 14 through 16. This motivates me. I want to be delivered when I get in a situation. I want to be protected when something's trying to mess with me. And I want to be promoted. Amen. Nobody wants to stay stuck. I want to be promoted in life. Hallelujah. Psalm 91, 14 through 16. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. good example, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, Sometimes God is glorified by what you choose not to serve. Drop the mic right there. God is glorified sometimes because you choose not to serve something in the world. Woo. Joyce Meyer's boss, um, I heard a story where her boss, the, actually he was the owner of the company, um, she did the bookkeeping and she brought to his attention that this company had overpaid by quite a bit on their invoices and he said, well, I want you to just make up a false statement that just shows that that is not true, that, that, that they are even. That they don't owe anything. Just just do that. And she said, I can't do that. He said, well, why not? I'm telling you to do it. She said, I'm a Christian. You could do it. That's up to you. But I can't do that. I'm a Christian. That would be the wrong thing to do. Now, she thought all day long she was going to get fired after that. Because she wouldn't do what the boss wanted her to do. But do you know that he promoted her? and promoted her, and promoted her, and promoted her, that she ended up with more power and more authority than anyone else in the company. The only person who had more authority than her was him. So promotion came because she chose not to serve the world's ways and to do things that were out of the kingdom alignment. I can't do that. There's some things that we just can't do because we serve God can I can't have bitter water and sweet water coming out of the same it can't do it. Can't do it. Amen. So Daniel three seventeen through eighteen, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, We're not we're not bowing. We we are not we are not bowing. We will not serve your statue, Nebuchadnezzar. We will not do it. And listen to what they said boldly. They said, Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hand. So what did they say in the beginning? Our God whom we what? Our God whom we serve. Whom we serve. Is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us from your hand, O King. But if not? Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up, and look what happens in verse 30 after the king goes over and looks after he has, he got so mad, he had the the, the the oven heated up seven times hotter, he called for some of his best choice men to throw him in, and those men died throwing them in because it was heated up so so much hotter than it ever had, had been before. And so after he got it all heated up, he said, "Wait a minute, did we not throw three men in?" I see four men in there walking around, and they're not harmed. He said, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, y'all come out of there. <laughs> and they walked out. And this, the Bible says that their hair wasn't singed. Now, it was hot enough to kill the men who threw them in, but their hair wasn't singed, and even their clothes didn't smell like smoke or fire. Hallelujah. And So, um, so, then, and then, and so then he said, you know, let it be known that your God, is God. And look what ha- happened in Daniel 3:30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the pro- in the province of Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq. Hallelujah. So deliverance, protection and promotion it brings to your life. And number 8, another reason, and this is perhaps my favorite my favorite reason is the eternal reward. We have an eternal reward. You know, your works that you do here, they don't just um, happen here and it's not recorded. This book that we talked about this morning that God wrote with your name on it before you ever had one day, it it will carry and record all the works and the serving that you do that is the right kind of serving. Do you know that our works are going to go through a fire? Our works, what we do, our motive behind it, everything—it it passes through this fire, and it goes in as your works. If it's if it's uh, like the wrong motive or the wrong thing to do, it burns up like wood hay and stubble. But if it's it's if it's uh, pure and your heart was pure, and you're doing it for the right reason. It comes out as precious stones. It comes out as pure gold, tried in the fire. Amen. So you got to have the right the right mindset. But look. There's an eternal reward for our serving. Colossians 3.23. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord, the Lord Christ. We want to hear him say, well done, right? Well done. Right. Well done. That's how he's going to set, separate the sheep from the goats. Amen? The, the goats are going to be on one side, the sheep are going to be on the other. And the goats are the ones who live for themselves, and the sheep are the ones who did things. You know, I was hungry and you fed me. I was, you know, uh, naked and you clothed me. That's how he's going to separate the sheep from the goats. But there's an eternal reward. He'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Look at Revelation 22.12. 12. He says, behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly, and my reward... My reward is with me to give to each one according to the merit of his deeds, earthly works, and faithfulness. So there's a reward that we're going to get. When you get there, some of your works go ahead of you, and when you get there, there's a reward for it. See, we're too caught up in this life, which is this quick. It's like a vapor. It's like grass. It's like a flower. It's here today, and it's beautiful, but it's gone tomorrow. See, this life is so fast. We got. We we can't focus and put all go all in on this life. It's about the next life. That's the eternal life. This is just like a breath. It's gone in a moment. But this next life is an eternal life. And see, we're working now and storing up over there. Hallelujah. He says. Um, so according to. The merit of his deeds, earthly works, and faithfulness. Revelation fourteen thirteen. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. From now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. You know, as we went to, um, Kevin, Kevin lost his uh, mother-in-law to um, COVID, and we went to um, her, we, and thank you to everyone who ministered by taking food and helping them during this time. It was really a tremendous blessing, but uh, we went to his funeral, to her funeral, and uh, you know, they, all the normal scriptures for, uh, for a funeral and everything was wonderful. It was beautiful. Kevin did the eulogy. It was was wonderful. Um, But it just got me thinking, you know, I needed to just preach a message that's on nothing but what heaven is going to be like. Because we're so focused on this life that we're not really focused on what it's really all about. That's why we have just this long to get other people saved. To tell other people about Jesus. He's counting on us. He's counting on us. 106 people die per minute in the world. 106 people every minute. 6,396 per hour. 153,424 per day die. of, Of various reasons. And 56 million people per year pass into eternity. And for the believer, it's a celebration and it's a graduation. It's a reward. So whatever time we have here, it's nothing compared to forever. Heaven is a reward. Heaven is a reward. I think that's your next blank, isn't it? Heaven is a reward. Luke twenty three forty two through 43 it says, Lord, well, this is when Jesus was on the cross with the two thieves. On either side of him. And one of them, look, one of them says this to him. Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Look what Jesus said. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This place is a paradise. Paradise. This is what this word means in the Greek. It means a park. Eden. A place of future happiness. The abode of Adam and Eve before the fall. It means a royal enclosed park. I've heard about so many people who had a near-death experience who died and came back and they talk about the walk up the hill to the gates and how the grass is even alive and colors are brighter and there's um, uh, flowers and, and things that they've never seen before. So there, it's, it's, it's a paradise that we're going to that's like, a, they just redid Memorial Park where we live. And we just discovered this beautiful area where they've put in a lake and a beautiful area to walk around. And people are just there enjoying themselves. And I'm like, this looks so much like heaven is going to be like. People on blankets, um, having picnics, people walking their dogs, people with their children together, just people in, in a park. Just enjoying the atmosphere. The only difference is is that there's no sun there. God is the light. We're there. There's no shadow of turning. He is the light. And we're there with Him. There's no sadness there. No drama. No issues there. Y'all, it's a reward. It's a reward. Could you imagine a life with no drama? Could you imagine how that's going to be? No sadness. No tears. Revelation 21.3 God Himself will be with them. And be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There will be no more pain. For the former things have passed away. There's mansions there, Jesus said in John 14. In my Father's house are many mansions. There's no shacks in heaven. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. God's preparing a place. You know, Jesus is a, is a, a carpenter. He's building a place just custom made for you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. The streets are made of gold there. Revelation 21, the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. Then we get a new body that never gets sick or wears out. You know, I'm only 57, but dad, gum. Sitting down a while, I get up, and I'm like, and I remember looking, looking at my grandparents doing that, and I'm thinking, that's never going to happen to me takes a minute to straighten up, your knees pop and crack, your, your feet hurt, like, why am I limping? What's wrong? Come on, ankle, sir. Get, get with it. <laughs> but we're going to have a body there that'll never wear out. It'll be an eternal body. 1 Corinthians 15, 53, For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed to immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? And O death, where is your sting? Now, I like how it reads in the old King James James Version. that says, O death, where is your sting? And grave, where is your victory? Hallelujah. I think about the old song that, that says, Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. There." To sing forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory. Let me lift my voice. Cares are past. Home at last. Ever to rejoice. Hallelujah. Father we thank you. For the reward that we have coming in heaven. Lord it is our honor. It is our honor. To get to serve you. With whatever gift you've given us Lord. We're grateful for it. And if we could just. Turn around and give it back to you. God, we know that you can bless it and break it and cause people to be saved and changed just because of whatever gift you put in us. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, help us to stir up that worship. Lord, even in our sleep, that we'd worship you. That, Lord, in our subconscious, we're always worshiping. Lord, let us worship and stir up just a thrill and the joy of getting to to serve you with all our hearts, Father. Let it never become mundane. Let it never become stale or old or, or just something I go through the motions. But God, let us stir up the excitement that this all means something. Lord, one day we're going to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. Lord, and work will be behind us, and forever, forever, we'll be in paradise with you. Thank you, Father, for your perfect plan. Lord, while we're here during this very short time, this vapor, this grass, like we are, Lord, here today and gone tomorrow, Lord, let us be about the Father's business. The Lord, we, we are our brother's keeper. You're counting on us to tell people about Jesus. So, Father, may we get up and stir ourselves up, and, and to, as we leave this place today, Lord, let us be so filled with gas, spiritual gas, that we go out of here, Lord, into our harvest field, that we enter our mission as we walk out the doors. Thank you for it, Father. We give you alone the praise, the honor, and glory, and the adoration for only you could dig us out of a pit, set us on solid solid ground and, and good footing, Lord, and, and send us on our way to serve you, God. Only you could do what you've done. We know you use the foolish things to confound the wise. So, Lord, here we are, a foolish thing. Use us. Use us. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name. Or well, maybe you're here this morning and you say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God not right with God, but I want to be right with God. Would you pray for me? Yes, I will. I will pray for you. In just a moment, I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. You'd say, Pastor Sally, I know that I'm not living for God, but I want to get my life on track today. I want to say once and for all, I'm giving you my life, God. I'm, I'm, I'm kneeling down and just throwing my hands in the air and saying, I give up and I give you the right to tell me what to do. I want to know Your will for my life. That's you today. I'm going to pray for you. Maybe you're watching online, maybe you're at home, or maybe you're in your car, or you're you're watching somehow. Um, I want to pray. With, I want to pray for you in just a moment. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. And if you mean it in your heart, your life will be born again. You'll be changed from the inside out. You'll become a, a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. So right now, let's go.